So among the early Roman martyrs mentioned in the Roman canon, which is also known as Eucharistic Prayer 1, is Saint Agatha, a virgin from Sicily whose feast is kept today. She was very beautiful, but chaste and innocent. Her beauty provoked the governor Quincianus to have lustful designs on her. His offers being scorned by Agatha, he took revenge on her by accusing her of adhering to what he called the Christian superstition. She was handed over to a corrupt woman, but remained firm in maintaining her faith and purity. Refusing to renounce her Christian faith, she was tortured, including having her breast cut off. And she rebuked the governor, saying, Cruel tyrant, are you not ashamed to cut off a woman's breast, who were yourself fed at the breast of your mother? She died as a result of her tortures on February 5th in 251, probably aged around 19, as an example of fidelity to Christ and to innocence of life by the observance of holy chastity. In the uh, uh, lives of the saints, we see something of the mystery of God that St. Paul says, as we've heard today, he proclaimed to the Corinthian church the mystery of God. St. Paul sums up this mystery of God with the words, Jesus Christ and him crucified. In the crucified Christ, we see the depths of the mystery of God who is love. St. Paul speaks of his weakness and the fear and trembling with which he proclaimed the mystery of God to the Corinthians. The cross is a path as a symbol of the weakness of God, who allows himself to be overcome by the powerful of the world, and who becomes the model of the martyrs like Agatha, who was weak in the estimation of men, but who conquered by her faith. As attacks were made on Christ's body in his passion, and as Agatha's holy body was attacked through lust and torture, so, as a commentary uh, on the Feast of St. Agatha says, The great battle between the spirit and the flesh is still waging here on earth and will do so until the end of time. And the latest theatre, perhaps, of this battle between spirit and flesh is so-called gender identity theory. And I want to recommend to you that you all read the Catechesis and Pastoral Guidelines recently published by the Archdiocese and mentioned in this week's bulletin and available at archdpds.org gender. You can print it out if you have a printer and it comes out in a nice little booklet like this. So I, I recommend uh, you, you, you study it. The human body, and I'm going to make some comments based on this, on this document, a Catholic response to gender identity theory from the Archdiocese of Portland. And it's the result of the work of a commission uh, that uh, the Archbishop tasked with, uh, with producing it. The human body in, in its own way shows forth the mystery of God. Sharing the one human nature Yet our nature as man or as a woman is rooted in sexual embodiment. And because of the profound unity of body and soul, our maleness or our femaleness is essential to who we are. And it is the crowning flourish of God's creative work. As the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches, being man or being woman 
is a, re is a reality which is good and willed by God. Man and woman possess an inalienable dignity which comes to them immediately from God to their Creator. Man and woman are both with one and the same dignity in the image of God. In their being man and being woman, they reflect the Creator's wisdom and goodness. So the sexual difference in human beings also reveals to us the dignity in participating, the possibility at least, in participating in God's work of creation, of being co-creators with Him. For it is only through the union of male and female that new human beings come into existence, through an interpersonal communion of love, that is life-giving. And it is, of course, from God that all life proceeds. Pope Francis emphasizes the acceptance of our bodies as an aspect of the stewardship of creation when he says, The acceptance of our body as a gift from God is vital for welcoming and accepting the entire world as a gift from the Father and our common home. Whereas thinking that we enjoy absolute power over our own bodies turns into thinking we enjoy an absolute power over creation. Learning to accept our body, to care for it, and to respect its fullest meaning is an essential element of any genuine human ecology. Pope Francis. So after explaining the fallacy of gender identity theory, this document, The Catholic Response to Gender Identity Theory, uh, proposes a response, namely whole person affirmation which begins with affirming the entire person, body and soul. Affirming the belovedness of every person as a living, breathing icon of God. Our bodies are an icon of God. Every person is an icon of God. Whose existence is this, in this very moment, God is willing and in whom he delights. Whereas gender-affirming care, which is what is adopted in probably most of the public schools at least and elsewhere, gender-affirming care urges people with gender dysphoria to reject their biological sex and adopt the social identity of their preferred gender by the use of pronouns and, and, all, and even further, you know, hormonal treatment, surgery, all that kind of thing. Whole person affirmation affirms the goodness and sacramentality of the body which reveals our personhood. The experience of sex incongruence or dysphoria is not a sin in itself and those who experience this should not be judged, rejected or ignored but met with compassion. Whole person affirmation affirms the uniqueness of the individual as a masterpiece of the Creator. There is no one right way to be a boy or a girl, or a man or a woman. Gender identity theory can, paradoxically, at times reinforce restrictive gender stereotypes by claiming that a gender atypical child is actually the opposite sex, simply because they do not behave in a way that we or they consider typical of a particular sex. There is great freedom and diversity in how masculinity and femininity are lived out in the world. And true accompaniment affirms the person, his or her authentic masculinity or femininity, 
respecting the distinctiveness and givenness of our sexed bodies. So I encourage you to read this carefully thought out uh, document, uh, which you find, as I say, archdpdx.org slash gender. And if you or your family are affected by this issue, I urge you to seek support and advice. Come to us, come to the church, and hopefully we can direct you to good resources that will help you uh, uh, respond to this situation, should it be arising in your children, amongst your family, friends, acquaintances, um, school in the school, wherever it is. Or indeed, if you find yourself um, in, the, in this uh, position yourself, where you have this gender uh, dysphoria. So that you may know how to do everything to offer that whole person affirmation that the document proposes while avoiding anything that could affirm a young person in identifying with a gender that is not in accordance with his or her bodily and therefore deeply personal sex. Let us pray that we may be lamps casting a bright light of truth and love upon all who are afflicted by any doubt or confusion in this manner. In this matter, it is to be hoped that this document will indeed be uh, a source of light also and truth and love for each of you.